I'm down one cat, but who cares? We can make more. We have the technology. Yes. Technology is two other cats. <laughs> you sound clearer, so hopefully that will bode well for the rest of it. Okay. Well, usually it crashes once, and then it works. <laughs> All right, then. Glad we got that crash out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go again. Okay. That wouldn't uh, that wouldn't go for planes. some extra special guests with me. Feel free to introduce yourselves. Hi. Hi. We are Graham and Paul from uh, Unskippable and Loading Ready Run and various other fun things. Yes. That's, that's Paul. <laughs> yes. I am Paul. The other, by, the other by, voice is Graham. <laughs> by, by process of elimination, you can probably work out. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Pr- pretty good. Pretty good today. It's very sticky outside. I don't. I don't appreciate this. Is it raining honey where you are? No, it's not that sticky. It's just humid. Where? Where, where do you live? I, I am in Toronto. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so, so it's into the second season of Toronto. Yes, the the second season, which um, I think everyone has dubbed uh, construction. Yeah. There's winter and then there's construction. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's some debate in different areas of Ontario as to whether the second season is winter, is uh, called uh, bugs or construction. <laughs> well, it depends on how close you are to the city, I think. Yeah. The further north you are in Ontario, I'm pretty sure it's just bugs. Yeah. <clears throat> well, now's the time for us to be all smug, because we're in Victoria. Oh, you're smug all year. And it's quite pleasant right now. Our local... Okay, I'm, I'm cool with, with being smug to an extent, but the municipal weekly paper... Literally last year, there uh, they had a paper that came out on Christmas Eve, that was, or maybe just after, and it the the front page was a giant photo of people teeing off on a golf course on Christmas Eve on this gorgeous sunny day, and there were there was a dotted line around the picture with scissors and instructions to mail it to your relatives back east. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that that one might be a little bit of uh, too excessive smugness yeah. on the part of the editorial staff. It's <laughs> a solid idea. I yeah. <laughs> now I laughed, but I was, at the same time I was like, "That's a bit much." See, like you put that on the front of the cartoons page, and you're golden. Right, right. Front page of the paper, though, that that's a little much. They are the pinnacle of journalistic integrity. I assure you. Business, there is none. <laughs> This is often the case, but I still feel that we need a business section. I'm looking at the minutes from the last meeting, and oh. we, we haven't addressed any of this. No, no. 
Oh dear. We still haven't killed Superman. <laughs> well, that's like the first thing on the list, too. I know. We can't well, even go picking out furniture until we kill Superman. <laughs> well, Jim from accounting refuses to clear my budget requests for kryptonite bullets Jim and is. and and invincible doom zeppelins. So I don't know how we're going to get to the furniture this week at all. Because Jim is going on vacation. Because you can get you can get Doom Zeppelins and you can get Invincible Zeppelins <laughs> by getting them at the on the same thing is so much more expensive. Yeah. The, the the option packages are ridiculous. I yeah. swear that's how they get you. Yeah, you think you're just going to go in for a Zeppelin and then they sell you all this stuff and you end up spending way more than you thought you would. Yeah. Then you then your Zeppelin has spinners and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, my Zeppelin doesn't even have wheels. How did I end up with spinners? I don't know what that would look like. If you just that's our new contest. That is the new contest. If you can draw us a Zeppelin with spinners, artist rendition of what that looks like, I will give you five bucks. It could be nice. just like a one giant spinner at the, mm. at the front, like the nose of the balloon. And then just like the wind would spin it as it goes. I guess, yeah. Although it's more of a fan. It probably, wouldn't be, probably would have problems with buoyancy at that point. And it's already an invincible doomsday Zeppelin, so I mean, it's going to have issues anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, were, you have a show that you're doing. <laughs> no, no, this is pretty much the show. We go off on tangents all the time. But, okay, first thing. Pick of the week. Um, I'm going to go first with that, because the other people are new, but I have not mentioned this yet, and I feel that it's a crime for not doing so, but Legend of Korra is freaking sweet. Mm, yeah, yeah. It has been good. Like, seven episodes, not one even remotely bad. Nice, yeah. I'm, I I have only seen a little teeny bit of it so far, but I am uh, I'm stoked. I was a big fan of Last Airbender. So, is the pick of the week just a thing that you pick that you like? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess mine is Diablo three. <laughs> now that uh, now that's working. <laughs> it was yeah. I mean, well, I was gonna say. Well, it's the pick of this week is working Diablo three. Yeah. <laughs> Last week maybe not so much. Well, actually. Uh, I have not had any problems connecting or being kicked or encountering downtime. Like, I haven't, I've just had a very, very positive user experience with Diablo 3 until last night. Mm. Because I, it was 1 in the, it was, it was 1 a.m. and I was like, I'm going to play an hour of Diablo before I go to bed. And I boot up Diablo and the, uh, all of Battle.net is offline for scheduled maintenance between 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. Uh, Don't they know that's, like, the peak period for Battle.net? I know. It's crazy. It's discrimination against the West Coast is what that is. Yeah. yeah. I uh, This morning I saw the uh, preview demo video for what's coming up at uh, SIGGRAPH 2012. And, oh, man, that's where they, like, demo all the cool new uh, computer vision and computer graphics mm. technology they're mm-hmm. working on. And, man, that made me super happy in my pants. Even it's most stuff that's probably not actually going to come in, you know, come into play for a whole bunch of years. But just seeing all that all amazing technology stuff that people are working on and how to, uh, you know, these new techniques, you know, do animating uh, real life, like photorealistic stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it does. It's one of those days where you feel like you're living in the future. I feel like that every day, mostly because of like my iPhone. I have the Internet in my pants. Well, speaking of uh, the iPhone, did you hear about uh, what they've the, the last update to Siri was? Yes, they, they've they've programmed it to lie to you. 
<laughs> this is how Skynet happens, people. <laughs> so it actually likes itself. Yep. Yeah. It was, I guess, for those who don't know, uh, based on several like five star reviews. If you asked Siri what the best smartphone in the world was, it would tell you it was the Nokia N900, I think it was. Yeah, because it yeah. would just go on to a Wolfram Alpha and ask. Yeah. Um, now it says, like, you're holding it, or, like, look <laughs> yeah. right in front of you, or something. See, they've taught, it, they've taught the machines to lie. That's the first step. I saw war games. <laughs> but the robot can't like, lie. Siri, do you like me? That's, yeah, that's the, the, you know, that... When it starts like lying about, oh, you look really nice today. Yeah, stuff like that. Have you seen that ad or like the the ads with like Samuel L. Jackson and Zoe Deschanel using Siri? Yeah, those are really weird. They're weird. Well, the only the the especially weird part is when Zoe Deschanel is asking the phone if it looks like it's raining, and it's like just turn around. There's a window behind you. Look out the window. To be fair, I have often checked the weather report on my computer. When there was a window right beside my computer. Yeah, but not to see if it's <laughs> raining or not. Just to see if it was going to keep raining. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe they should have changed, like, altered her dialogue slightly. That, that is strange. I think one of the best things to come out of that has been an image macro of Sam Jackson holding his iPhone and saying, Siri, assemble the Avengers. <laughs> I, that is a great idea, yeah. I saw one of, uh, that, of him holding Siri asking... Uh, how many mother effing tablespoons are in a mother effing cup? Oh dear. I don't know if you have if you can if you swear on your podcast or not. Uh yeah, we do. We we run explicit. Okay. All right. For for as much as I do get a little crazy about post production, I'm not bleeping swear words. Sweet. Dicks, yeah. dicks, dicks. <laughs> dicks is the worst swear that you can <laughs> No, I just thought it'd be the funniest one to string together. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one that kind of loses its meaning the fastest, though. Like, you hit dick for the fifth time, and it's just... It's lost all meaning. I know that when I've hit dick for the fifth time, it tends to lose all meaning, yeah. Okay, so, a topic. We have one, right? Right. I don't know, you tell us, it's your show. (laughs) Okay. I suppose I should host my show, yeah. But, okay, today we are talking about... uh, whether or not video games can be so bad, they are good in the same way that movies and TV can. If you haven't heard our discussions about those two subjects, dig through the archives. I'm what sure is that... wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong? Why aren't you listening to everything I put out? I, p- I bleed for this content, people. What program are you using? <laughs> yeah, maybe you should switch to uh, a little less to like a dangerous n- program. To, to a non-blood-based program? <laughs> But yes, about blood-based programs. There, there, there are other options, but I don't like the fluids involved in those as much. Yeah, I guess blood is one of the better fluids in some ways. For operating computers, yeah. For operating computers. It could go really wrong, I guess. Yeah. doesn't have I mean, to be your blood, of course. Yeah, uh, th- that's just a personal preference. And I, I, I'm looking at this thing that runs on Kool-Aid. It's just twice as expensive as what I'm using now. <laughs> But then, you know, Kool-Aid, super cheap. But Kool-Aid is just pennies of glass. Pennies of glass. Really, video games, while certainly having mockable traits, don't necessarily have the same so-bad-it's-good qualities that you get from a movie just because, um, 
Well, for a lot of reasons, I guess. I would agree with that. I, I think was, I was trying to think about it beforehand, and I was trying to think of like games that we've done for one of our Let's Plays or for Unskippable that are sort of, you know, so bad they're good. But the problem relating, like, when you compare it to, like, a so bad it's good movie is a so bad it's good movie is only going to last an hour and a half. Yeah. But a game, like, look at X-Men Destiny, right? right. Like, if if there was an X-Men movie that was like that, which I think there actually was. There, there are at least two, yeah. I think. Then, you know, it's like, yeah, it wasn't great. But, you know, I'm thinking of, like, X-Men 3 or Wolverine Origins, right? It's right, like, right. yeah, they're not great, but I'll, you know, I'll see them. You know, like, it it was it was a popcorn flick, whatever. But this was, like, an 8 to 10 hour game. Right. And you're there for 8 to 10. Like, that's a lot of time. Yeah, like, it's definitely not a game I would have played if we weren't doing the Let's Play stuff. Yeah. So, I think... It's, like, I think there's the, there's two types of badness that could be thought about here because there's i mean like if a game is actually like objectively bad from a gameplay standpoint Mm -hmm. um which a lot of games are where it's just like not playable right then there's no way it can be enjoyable at all right because it's it's just actively taking you out of the game all the time there's no way you can do it that there's no ironic appreciation yeah because it's just terrible jumping physics (laughs) like one of my favorite games uh from I guess it was from 2010, uh, was Darksiders. Hmm. Which, if that was, like, a, if Darksiders was a movie, it would be a ridiculous over-the-top movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Darksiders is a very silly game and not a very original game. Like, it's basically taking elements from, like, Zelda and it's got, like, some weird portal stuff in it. It's got, it's got all sorts of bunch of stuff kind of mashed together in a really nasty way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Because the actual mechanics are actually really, like the combat is really good and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the so I think in some ways that could almost be seen as like a B movie of a video game. Okay, no, yeah, uh, I, can, I can get behind that. Yeah, We're, but when you look at once again some, something something like X Men, definitely had the B movie vibe in in the plot and cutscenes and all that. But the gameplay itself was incredibly repetitive and boring. Right. And so yeah, that that's just bad bad. So, but but like I think the the equivalent would be like like for a movie would be like the difference between a movie that's just like a really schlocky horror movie, or something, and a movie that is actually like technically not watchable. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like just like weird gaps in the film, or <laughs> or just like there's so much grain on the film that you can't really even make out what's going on, yeah. or something like like there's there's I think the sort of technical versus story badness can is is a, a good way to differentiate it for video games. But then again, like, I, I want to say that so bad, but then there's, like, a few things, like, a few games that stand out where the gameplay is just so poorly realized in that just right way that it's <laughs> enter- it comes back around to entertaining. Like, Big Mother Truckers, where you could accelerate <laughs> that's, backwards that's infinitely and, you know, terrible yeah, spelling. I mean, there, I guess there's the, the idea that of games that actually create new emergent gameplay by being so by bad. being so bad yeah, yeah. that I you're actually playing that. that you're actually to the point where you're actually playing a completely different game yeah that's just using the same engine or whatever <laughs> yeah every time i see a video of big mother truckers where they just fly like where they just, just like drive through walls and through <laughs> walls and like there's like a bridge that they clip through so they just go right down a chasm and up the other side and... so yeah i mean i guess i could see that i think that works 
but I mean, to really hit that, that, uh, you know, th that spot of having it, uh, the mechanics being, you know, bad, so it's not really playable, uh, rather, or bad so that you can do ridiculous, crazy things with the physics as opposed to bad so that you can't actually do anything or, you know, it's just frustrating. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another sort of like Big Mother Truckers-esque example of just like the actual gameplay is so hilarious. But yeah, so I guess, I guess in that regard, uh, you still could, but you would, you'd never want to beat that game. Yeah, and I, I can't think of anyone who's even played Big Mother Truckers who's played it for more than half an hour. Well, more than long enough to, you know, record a YouTube video for it. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of, like, I'm thinking through the vast archive of unskippable games that we've done. I mean, the the funny thing about unskippable is, I mean, we do, a lot of the games, you know, a lot of the games we do are not, are, are fine games, are good games. They just have a particularly mockable opening cutscene, and but a lot of the games we do are really bad games. But almost without exception, every game we do in, uh, you know, in forums and stuff, there'll be at least one person defending it. Yep. There'll be one person who's like, oh, I, you know, okay, sure, I admit that it's got some issues. But, man, if you, after, like, the 20th hour, you really kind of get into it, and <laughs> the story really comes out. Okay, and, and what, bringing up defending it, I do know the guy who came in as uh, lead designer on X-Men Destiny. <laughs> and over the over a pint one day he said I was hired onto that project to get it to ship on time. I shipped it on time. I'm the winner. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like like I mean, he he makes no apologies for the quality of the game whatsoever. He's just like made the contract. <laughs> X-Men Destiny is it's it's a it's a functional game. Like it yeah. is, you know, it's not it's not amazing by any stretch, but it doesn't it doesn't have, you know, game-breaking bugs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I would say that it is that one specifically is definitely not a it's so bad it's good game because it's not it's that, not it's not that bad it's just boring but, it, but it's not that good it's just average yeah it's there and you know and it's so depressing because it's an X Men game so it's got like this incredibly amazing vast array of stuff with cool superpowers and awesome enemies that it could pull in and that it could pull from and it chooses to do absolutely nothing interesting with it yeah but if you compare that to something like my favorite, or one of my favorite unskippable whipping boys, Bullet Witch. <laughs> the, every part of that is bad. And I, I actually have some sort of like sick enjoyment of that game because it is that bad. Because the, the cutscenes are so bad and the gameplay is so bad. And it's really painfully obvious from the box art and the stuff in the game that basically they were like, we'll create this like hot, sexy girl and she'll have a big gun and she'll have a bunch of different costumes and it, she'll be like super hot and everything and we'll include a mini poster with the game and it'll be great and then oh shit I guess we need to do everything else involved in making a video game like it's clear that they were just banking on the sex appeal of their main character just explodes the other one that does that and it's just it's so hilarious because you can see it in you can see that informing everything in the in the game like the cutscenes like really try to make her look like this like super badass really cool sexy fighter chick but it comes off so stale and so painfully overwrought and it's just really amusing to me because it's so so, so apparent so i mean that would be like that is the so bad like that would be yeah. a game that you'd actually be willing to play 
just to see the ridiculousness that's coming out. I kind of do because when we did play, we did when, when when we did that for Unskippable, we did play further because we weren't sure if we'd have enough in the first cutscene. Mm-hmm. We did play further and we saw the second cutscene, which was just as funny. It was also like ridiculously hard too. No, it was just it was just like meandering. I mean, I guess like you died a lot, but then you started again right there, so it wasn't a mm-hmm. big deal. Right, right. So I could see that, especially because I don't think it's very long. I could see us uh, looping back around to that for a uh, for a let's play at some point. Because I, I I doubt the game takes a long time to beat. <laughs> I think we I think we actually like that was the end of the first act of like right, right. maybe five that we did there. So it could be funny, but yeah, I guess uh, you know like while I came out initially being like nah, I don't think games can be so bad they're good. I think actually thinking of thinking about it more, yeah, it just really depends on the game. And in the same way, it depends on the movie because there's movies that are so bad it's good, and there's movies that are just bad. Yeah. I think the attractiveness of really getting into a bad video game is is a lot less though because the the time investment is so much larger. That mm-hmm. that you know spending an hour and a half watching a schlocky movie is fun, but to really to be like, all right, I'm going to be spending ten hours of my life on this game that I know full well is bad, is kind of a tough one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you on that, and I have that sort of experience with uh, a game I think you may have unskippable, which was uh, Operation Darkness. Which is we did the darkness. No, okay. But I don't. I don't think Operation it's, Darkness. Oh, it rings a bell though. I don't think we did that one though. Like your your werewolves who fight Nazis. Could you narrow it down? Any <laughs> okay, it's it's <laughs> a. a it. <laughs> okay, it is a PlayStation Two tactical RPG that got ported to the Xbox. Wow, and no, that was the one that got the... released here. We need to. Oh. That does sound entertaining, though. Ooh, well, I... does it have a good opening cutscene? I, uh, I yeah, it does actually. I think it's coming back to me now, but I we I don't think we've done it for. Um, no, I... we definitely haven't. No, no, I'm looking it up now. Oh, it was it was ported to 360. Man, we should do this. Like <laughs> it, like the the game is so very straight faced and earnest about. Yes, we are the British SS, and we're all werewolves except for her and her who are witches, and that guy named Jack, who we're going to imply is Jack the Ripper, but never really say. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like this is the most, and we're fighting Nazi vampires, and I, it is I, the most ridiculous, stupid premise. I completely. But they are this. earnest in their ridiculousness. Oh man, I'm reading the Wikipedia article for it. <laughs> The game features... Do you want to guess what the final boss of the game is? Uh, I, I know what the final yeah, boss is, but I'll let I'm, Paul I'm figure it out. I mean, the first thing would be, like, Mecha Hitler. <laughs> would, be, would be my first guess. The game features Adolf Hitler as its final boss wearing a Mecha suit. <laughs> in the, nice. In a clear reference. The Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you've got superpowered Nazis as your enemies, you have to end with Mega Hitler. That's really the only solution. Oh, man. We need to find this game. <laughs> uh, I think you can buy it off, like, the Xbox store if you really want to throw 30 bucks at it. Uh, like, the download store. Oh, wow. really? It's up for download? Wow. Yeah, I think so. Sweet. we got to find that. <laughs> like, but the gameplay is just like subpar tactical RPG with one neat idea to it, and I'm like, uh, this is a grind, but I have to get to Mecha Hitler I mean, and his well, dragon minions. And it's like, what's interesting is that there's certain, you know, there's lots of movies that are only so bad they're good to somebody who actually like knows that genre, right? Like, yeah, like just like a really schlocky horror movie is not necessarily 
funny if you don't actually know mm. if you don't know how bad it is like if you don't know why it's so bad right and i think the same thing applies for video games like there's there's video games that uh that you would only uh that you would only have that sort of appreciation for really how bad this game is mm-hmm. if you had played lots of other games in the same genre and you're like yeah you i can see that with uh, we did a couple of weeks ago we did um sacred 2 fallen angel and I can see that falling into that sort of category because it's it, it it's a sort of a, a grand sweeping fantasy MMO and you know like I've been or, like I've played a lot of Skyrim recently. I said that Diablo was like my 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 thing of the week. And you know when you look at that sort of thing done that badly, it's like it's, I'm oh, like, it's, oh this is funny. It, and but it, like Sacred is the kind of game that somebody who didn't know, know anything about video games like that's what they sort of perceive as what those kind of games are like. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sort of incredibly generic. Yeah. So. Can don't I just don't play about, Sacred 2. It sucks. Can I say, by the way, <laughs> by I just, way. I love this. Uh, we were talking about Operation Darkness and how it was werewolf Nazis and there was like Jack the Ripper and possibly vampires and everything. And you didn't go werewolf Hitler. Mm. The, despite the fact that mechs had never been mentioned, you still went mecha Hitler straight up. I love that. It's always Mega Hitler. It's always Mega Hitler. <laughs> well, there's just this tradition of Mech Hitler in games. Like going yeah. back to Bionic Commando. <laughs> going back to, uh, yeah, or, uh, uh, you know, Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Wolfenstein 3D. Okay, next point, which I think I had, <laughs> maybe. Sorry. No, it's okay, it's okay. This is me not being on the ball. What, what about uh, sort of Let's Plays as analog for riff tracks? Because I think... Like, it works when you're at cutscenes and kind of have some jokes prepared, but there's a certain point where you just have to go, yep, those are some dudes, and we're shooting them. I mean, we've never, like, hid that, you know, MST3K is a huge um, inspiration for us, and that uh, the inspiration behind doing Unskippable was to do that for video game cutscenes. But the problem, well, no, it's not a problem, it's just... It, we do end up doing Unskippable as a different sort of style from Rift Tracks or MST3K because they're, they're, they're not as long. So you can't, like, there's, there's sort of like an internal riffing narrative that you can't build up as much when you're only doing a five-minute scene. Mm. You get more of an opportunity to and do that in Let's Plays. But let's plays are a lot more casual, and they do have a lot more just it's a lot more just sort of improv. Yeah, and especially because whereas in Unskippable we we watch a scene several times, and we sort of like we write it, and we prepare it, and we make sure that it's the best joke we can get for that moment. In a let's play, we're seeing the funny thing for the first time, and so we're just as likely to to burst out laughing if something's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean the Unskippable stuff is much denser with comedy mm-hmm. than you know I we say like with the. Uh, with the let's plays, you know, I hope people aren't disappointed in the let's plays if they think that what they are hearing in Unskippable is Graham and I just riffing the first time we see the see yeah. the cutscene. Then think, they're going to be disappointed in the let's plays because you know we're not that quick and witty. <laughs> yeah, I think only two or three times in Unskippable have we ever had us laughing in response to something absurd in the right, game. Yeah, and it's and it's it's been like a conscious like okay, that is so silly. That we have no recourse but to laugh. So and it's sort of let's laugh at that. us as our unskippable personas, I guess. Yeah. Whereas in the let's plays, it's a lot more just sort of like we're you know it's we are 
it is a let's play. It is let's you, the viewer, and us experience yeah. this together, and we're all sort of laughing at the same things at the same time. I would hope. And, and of course, the gameplay because it wouldn't be as entertaining for watching a let's play where we're like keeping totally serious and right. being like, "That's a funny thing," and here's a joke about it. Well, and the and the I mean, the let's play is also there's there's a lot of humor to be gained that we don't have an unskippable from the actual like gameplay. Yeah. Uh, like often when we're when we're doing let's plays, like with um, X Men, you know, we find out you know game you know a certain a certain animation that's really silly or a certain power that or a combination of different things that happens that looks really silly and then we'll like do that over and over again because it amuses us. Yeah. Uh, which is something that that you can't obviously do if it's a cutscene. You know, and, and it's different than it would be if we had like pre-recorded the entire the entire gameplay footage and then mm-hmm. gone back over and did. Um, so, or like in like in Curse Crusade, for example, have we got to the part? We need to put a new episode of that up. Have we got to the part where we kick guys down the well? I don't know because that was hilarious. And then we spent like the next like ten minutes trying to work out how to, kick, to kick guys down. Trying to, try to figure out how to kick a guy down a well again because yeah. was because because Curse Crusade is not a very good video game. Yeah, the contextual cues for kicking a guy down a well are very hard to actually find. Yeah, that is but awesome when you get there. Well, <laughs> so I think I don't actually know how that relates to your question but there it's it's it both are different from a riff track or an msc3k thing for those reasons but it's definitely in the same area yeah yeah comedically well, it is definitely in when the i same say area. yeah when i say that there's it's different i'm not trying to be like but we're doing our own thing and it's totally unique i just mean that that it is uh by its nature different in those ways yeah and i there are a couple of uh let's play guys who have kind of tried to do a straighter riff by taking like an FMV adventure game from like the early days of CD-ROM and just pulling all the video out and then solving the puzzles and just like just pulling the video and riffing on the video wow. as it goes. FMV adventure game. I feel like that that would be more more that you would want to pre like you'd want to do it like we do on Skipbolt like really go over it and make sure you mm-hmm. get all the jokes in the right spots. Yeah. With the I think though the with the let's plays the sort of spontaneity is more of the appeal. Mhm. Um, and often we are actually, you know, the person controlling the game is actually generating the circumstance that creates the joke. Whereas I think if it's, if it's something that was like an FMV game or, or, uh, something that was pre-recorded, then the expectation would be, there would be a lot more sort of riff tracky, more actually, uh, you know, written and yeah. uh, a lot okay. denser with jokes. So mm-hmm. the other thing is, have you seen, uh, the riff tracks guys do their riff on like the Gears of War three cutscenes? Yes. That was like, when we saw that we were, we were like, "Hey, they're muscling in on our turf." Not, not, not really. But I was just sort of like, "Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> that's that's really kind of funny." But yeah, no, they were really good. I mean, they did have the advantage yeah. there that they were uh, they were cherry picking the the bits that they had jokes for, um, which they used the entire cutscene. No, no, no. They would be like, "Well, I mean, they they had uh, chunks of it," right, uh, right. which is not a criticism. It's just that it's very, very funny. Or it was very very funny, uh, but I found that uh, I found that interesting. The only reason we don't do that on Unskippable is because that's just like a style choice that we've done. That we we uh, we only want to do the first cutscene so that it like this is how the people who made the game chose to start their game. This is how they chose to make the first impression, and we're not. And then and we're, that we're not messing with that. And then we can make fun of stuff where it's like, well, who's that guy? That's never been established. Yeah. Whereas obviously if we had cut out the establishing bit of that guy, then that's kind of a bullshit joke. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and like you can definitely create a lot more humor just by grabbing a scene out of context and playing. Right, but that's that's kind of cheap. Like we, it, it, which is which is which is not what they did. They no no all their jokes were uh, just so you don't think that I'm bashing those guys. All their jokes were in context to the snippets they chose. Right, right, but but doing it the way we do it with the first cutscene allows us to make those kind of jokes with the the continuity and stuff, and we do that a lot. Like we. Be like, well, I don't care. Like, why should I care about this guy? Yeah. Or I mean, because I mean, there's the thing with video games is that the the mark, you know, the the mark of sort of the mediocre video games is they'll start with like that op- the like opening scroll of text or the opening narration that is always like really excessively bombastic, mm-hmm. you know. And we've seen so many of those by now yeah. that it's uh, you know that there uh, we are very uh, very eager to make fun of those. Yes. <laughs> Well, I, I just love the ones where they make up their own timeline and then still give you dates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah we mentioned this is that. so much context for me, guys. We mentioned that in the in the hundredth yeah. in the hundredth episode of Unskippable, the how to make a how to make a cutscene that we would that we would make fun of, and yeah, when it's like it is the year three hundred of the Lonsheim calendar, and we're like, okay, great, okay, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, is that in the future? Is that in the past? And it's Why the, does it matter? Yeah, it's to the point that it's like there's no reason to tell us that. Yeah. Theoretically, if this is a different calendar, there's no particular reason why their years are the same length as our years. Yeah. So their relative dates don't even mean that much. No. <laughs> so it's like... You can tell us the name of the kingdom just for like some world building. It's like I know in your mind, like in their minds, they have this like whole backstory worked out. Yeah. But they don't need to tell it all to us in the opening cutscene. Yeah. I'm sure there are some books that we can find while our character is running around that we will pick up and ignore and not read. Yes. And you can put it all in there. We, we, you could you just, just put it all that in a Word file, put that in the codex, and let us ignore it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's that is a problem with movies, too, right? Like, you run into... Like, uh, what was that movie with uh, with Vin Diesel? <laughs> the, no, there the, the was, like, one of those more recent ones that looked like it was going to be just, like, a ridiculous action movie. And then turned out to have all this like weird mythology oh, mixed up in it. Oh yeah, it was like post-apocalyptic. It was thing. a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that. That was that was a weird one. Um, I don't know, what but the hell was that but there, there's I I like that's one of the things I hate the most is like, you know, I'm a big fan of ridiculous action movies, and so like you go to a movie and you're ready for a ridiculous action movie, and then they spend like half an hour, you know, getting like explaining really the motivations of like. These are the bad, you know, about like why the two people are fighting each other and what's going on and why there's the importance of this stupid MacGuffin that they have to find and all, all this stuff where it's just like, I want to see Vin Diesel beat up people. Uh, Babylon AD. Babylon AD. That's oh, it. yeah. And I really yeah. like that movie, too, because it's like it's... for the first like hour, it's this really good cyberpunk movie. And then. Yeah, what? I enjoyed it too. Yeah, it's but it but like it could have been so much better if they had just not like it's like I do not care about all this mythology stuff. You do not need to get into this. I want to see more cool cyberpunk Vin Diesel stuff. Do you want to know by the way? Because I'm cause just as a completely unrelated aside, because I'm looking at his his IMDb page. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what Vin Diesel's next three movies are? Fast and Furiousness. Triple X. Okay, Fast and Furious Six. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Yeah. And what's his only other franchise? Uh, oh, Riddick? It says here that he's working on, quote, Untitled Chronicles of Riddick sequel. 
Sweet. I'm so Riddick, excited. Riddick is that. by far my favorite Vin Diesel character. Oh, Despite the fact that Chronicles of Riddick was a terrible movie. <laughs> the video games, actually, talking about video games, the Chronicles of Riddick video game, Escape from Butcher Bay, is really good. I would say Chronicles of Riddick was a so bad it's good movie. Um, and I would, say the, I would say the Chronicles of Riddick video games are just great. Yeah, they in are, fact... They are, no, they are no qualifier great games. Yeah. And I would say the Chronicles of Riddick video game is actually the best depiction of the character of Riddick. Mm-hmm. It's the only chance, the time we actually get to really see him and see his cool stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing about the whole Riddick franchise is I've discovered is that they have no set tone across, even between instances of it. Because you get the first one, which was um, Alien yeah. Three. Yeah. Which, which is like, was it Pitch Black? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah Pitch, Pitch Black. Black was Alien she wasn't 3. even really the main character. He's yeah. just sort of a guy. And then you have the second movie, which is Conan the Barbarian in space. <laughs> it is, and it's like weird mystical stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then but the uh, the yeah, anime just, was just weird. <laughs> yeah, it was anime. But just the the character, like in Escape from Butcher Bay, the character of Riddick, the that like true, true, real badass. You know, yeah. not he's not a badass because he wears sunglasses indoors and has a big leather trench coat. He, you know, at at twice in the game, he's you know breaking out of Butcher Bay and gets captured, and he's like in the in the warden's office and the warden's like, you kill all these people. Why'd you do that? And he's like, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Like he, he apologizes and he is still in his apology is the scariest thing you've ever seen. Well, that's, <laughs> like, that's the, the, the one, the one time in the movie where that really gets to shine is when he's, he's in the prison. He's, he's drinking tea just, and he's like, tea. yeah. And the guy's like, what? You know, he's like, I wouldn't do that. Like what? You're going to kill me with your mug tea cup. <laughs> what? I'm going to kill you with my teacup. Uh-huh. And, I, and the guy's like, I don't... Uh, no, fuck it, I'm going <laughs> to attack you. Kills him with a teacup. Yeah. And then he just takes, like, like the key from, like a, like, a can of sardines or something and just puts it on the same place that he put the mug and then the second guy just runs out of the room. Uh, right. One last thing about Riddick that I do want to say is that do you know what the, inspir- the primary basis for Riddick was? No. Drow Rogue Vin Diesel played oh. in AD&D. I do, I do know that uh, he is a big D&D fan. That makes a lot of sense. It's the... Uh, man, I, w- I would give a lot of money to be able to speak in that, that the, like, Riddick voice that Vin Diesel has. It's not even his voice. It's that, like, ridiculously deep Riddick voice that is always so cool. Yeah, there's the story that, you know, you with the, talking about, you know being a fly on the wall, seeing something that there's during the Chronicles of Riddick that Vin Diesel, Dame Judi Dench, and a bunch of the kids from the cast were playing D&D in Vin Diesel's trailer. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to find out what happened? <laughs> I'm sure they stabbed some kobolds and took their boots. Probably. But then again, you have Vin Diesel GMing, so you got the Vin Diesel voice telling you about <laughs> how the dank moldiness is creeping you out. I'd be afraid to attack any of the cobalt. It's not, even, it's, it's not even a voice. It's more of like just a just, just a, a tone. Yeah, a growl. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Topic. Um. One one thing I kind of wanted to mention is that, uh, for the sake of the purpose of even just riffing on games, is that I think if you're going to try it, go. There are two directions you can go for easy laughs: horror and porn. <laughs> Because they're the only games that are trying to incite an emotion explicitly, so subverting that is inherently funny. It's true. 
Good point. It's true. We we, I mean, the horror games often, rightly so. Like a good horror game shouldn't have very many cutscenes in it because the horror aspect of the cutscene is you actually controlling stuff. I remember years ago when you still lived with your parents, because uh, Paul and I have known each other for ages. Uh, we rented Fatal Frame. Uh, yeah. And by far the scariest game I've ever played. Yeah, and so we're sitting in Paul's dark basement playing Fatal Frame. And it was like, I, okay, my character is standing here and I don't want to go through that door because <laughs> there could be really scary shit behind that door, but I have to go through that door to continue playing the game. I I'll, think we should stop playing this game now. Also, I have no confidence that if I stay in one place, somebody won't just come and get me anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I personally don't play those kind of games that much because like with Fatal Frame, it's like partway through the game, I'm like, I'm actually not having fun at this point. Like, this is not actually an enjoyable experience. I am just scared. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop this and play, you know, Crash Bandicoot or something. <laughs> I think uh, at one point uh, Kathleen suggested that we should we should bring her in for a GPLP and and uh, make her play Fatal Frame. Mm. <laughs> we, well, we there's or there's uh, um, well, there's, like Alex did the whole thing playing. Uh, uh, oh God. Uh, no, um, um, not Penumbra, the other one. Uh, same people. Um, Amnesia? Thank you. Amnesia, yes. Yeah. With hilarious results, as you might imagine. Yes. Well, and that's the thing is, so much of it depends on mood. Like, I remember being up at 3 a.m. freshman year in a dark dorm room playing Resident Evil 4, and the guy with the controller was flipping his shit every five minutes. Because... Well, I mean... Yeah, like for me, like the first game for me was uh, Marathon, the original Marathon. Nice. Because that was the first game that really had the, like, you're going around and then you hear the, <laughs> you hear the, like, the breathing of the uh, of the, the guys. And they actually had, you know, lighting effects, although they weren't very good. But it would, people would actually jump out at you. And it was, it was scary at the time. Well, and that's the thing is you, you, you turn around and play Resident Evil 4 now with the lights on and you kind of make fun of the stupid cutscenes and how, yeah, yeah, and then you, you you know how to play the game better. So you just shoot one guy in the knees and spend five minutes hacking at him with a knife. And it's like, this is no longer <laughs> scary at all. Uh, I don't know. I think I think porn games are already like, I don't know. I don't think we've got to the point where porn is even like you can't even really make fun of porn games. At this point, like they're they're not really past the point of like self parody, like I don't know. I guess I'm not really up to date with the the uh, the current state of the art in porn games. But well, apparently, state just, of the art is a dating sim with pigeons. So, like it just seems like like porn games. Like it's got to be to the point where somebody is like legitimately, you know, getting some sort of enjoyment, like getting some enjoyment out of it for the the purpose that it was actually made for. <laughs> Yeah. Before you can make fun of it, which I don't know if we're at that point with porn games. No. <laughs> I mean, like we couldn't we couldn't do like making fun of something like Leisure Suit Larry. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's already making that's you know that's not even really a porn game. Yeah, not even really a porn game. You're right. But it is. Yeah, that one, I mean that's just a silly game. I mean that's the thing. Like we we there are games that you can't make fun of, like games game like comedy games, uh, unless they're really really bad comedy games. Uh, you can't really make fun of them because they're already sort of making fun of themselves. So it makes the whole process a lot more difficult. And I imagine porn is kind of the same. Yeah. I guess there's I guess there's serious porn games, but I guess I can't take them seriously. 
Okay, and I guess one thing that I will say is definitely so bad it's good is uh, fan reactions to real ge- things that happen in games. Because you can just sit back and laugh at so much. That, like, things that happen, like, plot-wise? Oh, uh, just, like, even the, the way the internet seems to react to anything that happens with video games now. Oh, yeah, no, but I think we, I, keep, we keep tabs on that for, for, uh, for our show Checkpoint. I think that's actually just so bad it's bad. <laughs> See, no, because I'm also a forum mod at rpgamer.com, and we have definitely we definitely have personalities on the site that we try and keep around as long as we can just for the entertainment value, and it's like, okay, now we have to ban them. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, fun's over. Time for banning. <laughs> Everyone go home. All right, he's done now. We can put him away. I, and I used to bait them, these people, and now I'm just like, I don't even have to. I just have to wait for a news about the Tales series to come out, and it happens for me. I don't know why Tales fans are crazy. I don't. We've done a couple of Tales games for uh, Unskippable, and uh, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a strong contingent for the Tales games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the only game that I think we've made fun of that hasn't had someone be like, well, you know, this, this was actually pretty good was, well, actually, I was going to say... Uh, yeah, no, I think it's pretty much just Zoid's Assault. Because <laughs> nobody else has, like, played Zoid's Assault. Yeah, which I think helps. Yeah, which is better for... That, that, that is another game that is so bad, it is just bad. Well, it's the worst game we've ever done. Yeah, Everything about like Zoid's, kept... except for the toys, were just terrible. I, I, didn't know this was, is, no... I didn't know there was anything past the toys. I, I, all I, when I found the game, I was like, what, there's something based on the toys? Yeah, I mean... Zoid's Assault we almost couldn't do for the opposite reason from making fun of itself. That Zoid's Assault, the cutscene was so bad, like it was just like text and images, uh, that it was very difficult to actually make it work. I think it ended up being quite good, but yeah. Yeah. but we had to really think about it. Like, can we think of sufficient comedy here to make this work? Because we're not going to get any help from the game at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Zoids is weird. It's kind of like this huge thing in Japan where the toys have spawned a bunch of different cartoons and games to go with them, and they're all pretty shit. <laughs> mm. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Zoids Assault is the only one we've seen, but it was, using using that as the sample uh, size, it was very, very bad. Yes. And therefore, every Zoids game is bad. <laughs> yes. All right, so I think we're we're kind of winding down on this topic, but do you have anything else you want to finish up on? Well, I mean, I guess the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is actually kind of interesting. It's as we've been talking, my you know my sort of opinions have changed a little bit. But uh, as with movies, it's not it doesn't work for all of them, and there are many movies that are just straight bad, bad. But I think that yes, video games absolutely can be. They have the potential to be so bad they are good, and enjoyment can be gleaned mm. from from playing a bad game. Probably best done with friends, though. Yeah. Oh, well, and one of those friends should be like you know Jack Daniels or Captain Morgan or Jose Trevo. <laughs> they seem to increase the fun of a lot of activities. If you aren't friends with them, add them on Facebook. It'll work out. They can be they can be the third friend. Yeah. Like you and a real human friend, and then yes, just just drinking by yourself, playing a bad video game is probably a terrible idea. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> but uh and uh like with movies like setting out to make a bad game never works never works no no can't be done like and you see people try and do schlocky genre cutscenes and then attach a decent game to it and it doesn't seem to work no nope. well there's that um 
that like uh, game where you like the guy who jumps through different video games? Oh yeah, Matt Hazard. Matt yeah, Matt Hazard. Hazard. Yeah, that was one where they were like trying to make kind of great, a schlocky. Great concept, and it did, just didn't pan out. But then, but it turns out that when you're emulating terrible games, you just end up with a terrible game. Yeah. Well, and the, the the genius of Matt Hazard wasn't even trying to make fun of games. It was having different genres interact in the same plane because. Um, you like the demo for it. You do the boss fight with the guy with the JRPG hero, mm. and that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, like it's it adds so so much potential for really neat stuff, and then totally squandered it. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see what it, how an RTS reacts to one guy just running around being badass, you know, super soldier guy. Mm. But. It seems that uh, Matt Hazard will not be providing that for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we can provide some entertainment. In the interest of shameless plugging, um, check out Unskippable every Monday on The Escapist and uh, our Let's Plays on our website, loadingreadyrun.com. The GPLP. Yeah. For, we link to all of our content from loadingreadyrun.com. That's the best place to find all of our stuff because we do a bunch of different shows. Uh, we're currently... I'm not sure when this goes up, but it'll still this will still be relevant when the, when this goes online. We're currently putting up episodes of a Let's Play for Cursed Crusade, and we're joined by our friend Brad, who's a uh, PhD student, uh, medieval studies, and uh, so he and is actually quite experienced with medieval arms and armor. Yeah, so it's 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 uh, both funny and educational. Exactly. Yeah, he's telling us why all the armor they're wearing is wrong for the time period. <laughs> Always helpful. Yeah. All right, and with that, I will, we will catch you all next time. I believe, um, I think next episode starts the Summer of Giant Robot Cartoons, so look forward to that. Ooh, sounds, sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. For at least four episodes of us talking about Giant Robot Cartoons back-to-back. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License Version 3.0 International. Check our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com for contact information. so much blood he passed out Scott we can't hear you Scott are you okay oh god now we have to run the podcast did that sound like someone leaving the room to you or somebody breaking into the room yeah oh wait there's the robot voice again